with us, Miss Pat. Praise <laughs> the Lord. And we're going to sing praises today to our Lord. If you're able to stand, let's stand and sing, I sing praises. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name. great and greatly to be praised. I give glory to your name, O Lord, glory to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I give to your name, O Lord, glory to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name. this morning. It's such a wonderful song. You may be seated. Today is, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but this is National Grandparents Day. Did y'all know that? And to all of your grandparents, which is most of us, uh, happy Grandparents Day. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. We're going to come just a little bit with a little tribute to uh, our grandparents and uh, but I wanted to say how much we appreciate each and every one of you. Anybody that's got a gray hair? <laughs> Congratulations. Huh? White. Well, yours is not gray then. You're still young. Hey, I want to go over just a couple of announcements. Um, 
Our giving is our little box. Don't forget our giving box. This is for our tithes and offerings, our regular tithes and offerings. And this is what makes this church go, is your support and your love and your giving and your generosity and uh, your faith promises that are going to our missions, that our various missions around the world. Please don't forget those. Those are important to our congregation. This Wednesday night is our prayer and Bible study. Uh, on Wednesday night, along with our children's activities, uh, it's 6.30 on Wednesday night. Thursday at 1.30, the budget committee, if you're on the budget committee, they're having a budget committee meeting, right, Nancy? That is correct, okay. And then next Sunday, uh, we'll have church here again this Sunday. One, one uh, announcement I want to uh, emphasize is Sunday, two weeks from today, at 4 o'clock, you all are going to be holding the official installation service of me as your pastor. Now, it hasn't been that I haven't been serving you for the last five months. As Ray Owens told me this last week, he said that I've already passed the probi uh, probation, the pro the, the probation period, and um, it might be the prohibition too. I don't know, but anyhow, uh, this is this is uh, installation service is is a service that is recognized that is given by a congregation to a new pastor coming in, and uh, so it's a gift to your pastor, and if you want to give me a gift. Uh, just your presence will be good enough that Sunday. And that's, uh, that's all we're looking for. Uh, please make note of that. Lynn has a short announcement that she's going to make about uh, the Operation Christmas Child. Thank you. She told me just about a minute, and she did pretty good, didn't she? So, hey, I want to invite you into our worship this morning. More than anything else, our goal this morning is to see Jesus and to hear from him. And I would pray that you would invite him into our presence as we worship this morning with our praise and our hymns. Uh, the scripture says that, that he inhabits the praises of his people. So if we want, if we desire God's presence, it is through our praise and through our worship that, that allows him to come into this place and into our hearts this morning. Would you join us as we sing this morning? If you're able to stand again, let's stand and bless the Lord with blessed be the name. Praise to Him who reigns above in majesty supreme, who gave His Son from heaven to die that He might all redeem. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name shall be the Counselor, the mighty Prince of Peace, of all earth's kingdoms conqueror, whose reign shall never cease. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. I will sing hallelujah for the joy in the Lord. And he fills my heart with rapture as I rest on his word. I will trust in his promise, I will shout, I am free. In my blessed loving Savior, I shall sweet victory. There is joy in the Lord, there is joy in the Lord. Hallelujah, glory, glory. There is joy in the Lord, there is joy in the Lord. There is joy in the Lord. Hallelujah, glory, glory. There is joy in the Lord. When I come to the portals of that land of the blessed, I shall sing with holy angels of this rest, happy rest. I shall dwell there forever with my Lord and my King. And with everlasting praises make those high arches ring. There is joy in the Lord. There is joy in the Lord. Hallelujah, glory, glory. There is joy in the Lord. There is joy in the Lord. There is joy in the Lord. Hallelujah, glory, glory. There is joy in the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord. We do want to bless the Lord, for he's worthy of our praise, isn't he? God is a good God, and he has brought us to this place to worship him and to acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, being grandparents, I would just love to give you, each and every one of you, a small gift of, uh, and a token of our appreciation, but you'll just have to take my words this morning. So we do appreciate you. Lynn's got something that she would like to share, especially for you this morning.
help. All right, for those of us born before 1970, which was probably quite a few of us, um, here's some thoughts and remembrances from that time. We'd leave home in the morning and play all day. And as long as we were back before the streetlights came on, uh, no one was too worried about us, or, and they couldn't even reach us all day, but we were okay. We would spend hours building our go-karts and uh, out of different scraps we found laying around and then ride down the hill only to find out we forgot to put the brakes in. So after running into the bushes a few times, we learned how to solve the problem. We did not have uh, PlayStations, Nintendos, Xboxes, or video games. Uh, we didn't have 150 channels on our TV, no cable, no uh, video movies or DVDs, no surround sound or CDs, no cell phones, no personal computers, no internet, or any chat rooms. We had friends, and we went outside and we found them. We fell out of the trees, we got cut, broken bones and teeth, and, uh, and there were no lawsuits from these accidents. We ate worms, not me, but some people, I guess. <laughs> I did make mud pies, I'm sure, uh, from dirt, and uh, the worms did not live in us forever. That's reassuring. I think my doctor gave me medicine for that. <laughs> we were given BB guns for our 10th birthdays. We made up games with sticks and tennis balls. And although we were told it would happen, <clears throat> we did not put out very many eyes. <laughs> we rode bikes or walked to a friend's house and knocked on the door or rang the bell. And sometimes we just walked right in and started talking to them. Little League had tryouts and not everyone made the team. <clears throat> Those who didn't had to learn to deal with disappointment. Imagine that. The idea of a parent bailing us out if we broke the law was unheard of. They actually sided with the law. These baby boomer generations, that's me, a baby boomer, have produced some of the best risk takers, problem solvers, and inventors ever. The past 50 years have been an explosion of innovation and new ideas. We've had freedom, failure, success, responsibility, and we've learned how to deal with all of that. If you are one of them, congratulations. <laughs> you might want to share this with others who've not had, to, had the luck to grow up with uh, as kids before lawyers and the government regulated so much of our lives for our own good. And while you're at it, Send it to your kids so they'll know how brave and lucky your parents were. <clears throat> kind of makes you want to run through the house with scissors, but don't do it. Thank you, Miss Lynn. A little humor, just a little humor. I think it's time if our kids want to leave. Do we have kids that are leaving today? This is your time to leave and we are going to prepare for prayer this morning. Some of our prayer requests this morning are uh, Brother James Vickery who has uh, been sick for the last, do I need to do something?
too, but especially James. And uh, we appreciate them so much. And we know that they're God's people, and we want to pray for them as the scripture tells us. It's good to see Pat here this morning. And uh, there is another request that's been given to me this morning from uh, Shirley Wings, and it was for one of her uh, grandchildren's friends on the ball team that got hurt extremely uh, terrible injury yesterday in uh, the ball and we want to lift him up in prayer also. Our youth are getting ready to go to Orange Beach uh, for a couple days as a bonding trip and a growing together trip and we want to remember them as they travel and as they uh, go and they learn about Christian community. And uh, this is so important to us. Are there unspoken requests that maybe you'd like to uh, let know by the uplifted hand this morning? Let's prepare our hearts for prayer as we sing these next couple songs. If you would join us and then we will have prayer. The first song we're going to sing is How Great Thou Art. And Pastor Dan's going to sing the first verse. And then we'll join him on the chorus. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider Sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Glory, glory and honor, 
time of opening up your heart, your ears, your mind, to the words of our God to us. In the quietness of this moment, Father, we come to you to first of all give thanks and to say from our hearts that you are worthy. You are worthy to be our God. Because of the blessings, because of the things, because of your creation that you have made and has exhibited all power and all glory and you are worthy of it. You're worthy of it because you loved us and you saw us in our hour of need. When we carried a bag full of sins, you sent your son Jesus here on earth to be crucified, to die, and to accept our, all of our sins when you died on that cross. And Lord, you took those sins to the grave with you. And they were buried. And three days later, you arose without that baggage, that baggage that was gone and removed as far as the east is from the west, as deep as the deepest sea, that we would know them no more because you are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for seeing our need. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for being a burden lifter and one who takes the disappointments of life and makes them our strength. Lord, we thank you this morning for our grandparents that are here this morning. Oh, there's so many, Father, and how dear and precious is our, are our children and grandchildren. We thank you for the instructions that you've given us in the Word of God on how to be good grandparents and how to be good parents. Bless, Lord, each one that is here this morning and their families. Lord, we, we remember the requests that have been made this morning. Remember Brother James this morning. Lord, what a precious man of God that he is. And Lord, how he's looking to you for his strength and his healing. And we pray that you would even visit him even just this moment. And remind him of your presence and that you'd minister to him. And Lord, the joy of the Lord would be allowed to be restored within him, Father, because of your touch, even this morning. Thank you for Donna. Bless her, Lord, as she goes about tasks and responsibilities that must be done. Encourage her, Lord, this day. We think of this special need that has been given to us this morning by Shirley for this young boy that has been uh, uh, severely injured, Lord, in uh, his, uh, his ball game, Lord, this weekend. Lord, we pray that you would rest with him this morning and that you bring quick healing to him. 
Think of the unspoken request. Oh God, we are needy people and we need your intervention in our lives. And let us not, Lord, share with you that we can do it ourselves, but that we must rely upon you for our life, that our joy may be full, that your peace would fill us this morning, but most of all, we would sense your love. Now, Lord, be in the furtherance of this service, Father, that you would speak to us and open your word to us. And Lord, would you teach us to pray as you taught your disciples? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debtors as we forget those who are debtors to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. God bless. I think at this time, Bryce and Carly are going to try to sing a song. They're not going to try, they are going to sing.
is my favorite part. All right, I think all the buttons are pushed. I think I'm ready to go here this morning. Grandparents Day. What is a grandparent? Now, some of you could probably answer that since some of you have been grandparents a lot longer than I have. I've only got like almost four years in the running and I got two little ones. All live in Arizona. I reminded them Friday that it was Grandparents Day today, so hopefully I'll hear from my grandchildren this morning. Grandmas are moms with lots of frosting. 
grandfathers are just antique little boys. Don't think too hard on that, Jane. They say never have children, only grandchildren. When grandparents enter the door, discipline flies out the window. Someone has said, if I had known how wonderful it would be to have grandchildren, I'd have had them first. My grandkids believe that I'm the oldest thing in the world. And after two or three hours with them, I believe it too. And then someone has said, an hour with your grandchildren can make you feel young again. Anything longer than that, and you start to age quickly. Grandparenting has become even more essential in our society today than it was even a hundred years ago. I want to ask you this morning, if you could leave your grandchildren and your children one thing, what would it be? When it comes to faith, it is our responsibility as parents and grandparents to pass on to the next generation. It's imperative that they, our children and grandchildren, get it. Not just up here in their heads, but down deep in their hearts. When I was a kid, we used to sing a little song, said, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And somebody would say, where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's not a very loud where. Yeah. Down in my heart Tuesday. Then we'd even say, and if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Yeah. Who did that? Ouch, that's right. Sit on attack Tuesday. Grandparent is so important. But how do we do that? How do we pass on down to the next generation? How do we pass the faith on to those that follow us? How do we instill Christian beliefs and values in generations to come in a culture which is hostile to those values. This morning I want to talk about Abraham. He's who we refer to as our first patriarch in scripture. How he passed on his faith on not only to his son and their sons 4,000 years ago. And I believe that what took place passing on their faith 4,000 years ago is probably some good stuff today, don't you think? Our scripture this morning, and I, one that I left out in my, our notes, is taken from Genesis chapter 25, verses 5 
through 8 and then verse 11. And it's not in your notes. But I want to read this to you this morning because that's where I'm going to take our lesson. It says this. These are the last days of Abraham. Now Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But to the sons of his concubines, that's very important, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living. And he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the land of the east. And these are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived. 175 years. Now some of you act like you're 175 years old, but I don't think any of you have reached that yet. I'm, I'm watching. Verse 8, And Abraham breathed his last, and he died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. And his sons buried him in the cave of Machpelah. And it came about that after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac lived in Birlah, La Roi. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's where he was buried. Very important place. Does it surprise you that about 10% of children today are raised by their grandparents and are living with their grandparents? Does it surprise you that the over 50 years of age account for over 50% of households today in America? The average age of people over 65 is expected to double in size within the next 25 years. And life expectancy at the turn of the century being 1900 was approximately 40 years old and today it is approximately 76 years. Some of you have superseded that. You're doing good. Keep up the good work. The verse from Psalm 78 verse 4 tells us that we shall not hide truths from our children but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, his strength and his wondrous words. Listen, if the older generation does not teach the younger ones, then they will not be taught. Although there's going to be many things they're going to learn on their own. Maybe from their peers, maybe from the culture. But mostly they learned from their older generation. We of this generation, grandparents, parents, must be faithful in passing down God's blessing to the next generation. We stand between past generations and the generations to come. We're entrusted by those who have gone before us. 
with great and important truths. Truths to be preserved, transmitted to the purity of our hearts. The scripture that I have read included this morning in our writing is from Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. It's where the Lord tells Moses, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. Is God true to his word? He says here, his mercy is sufficient for a thousand generations. You know how long that is? Somebody said, that's a long time. With those who love him and keep his commandments. There's a story of a man by the name of Jonathan Edwards, a great preacher in his time. An investigation into his life. An 18th century revival preacher, Jonathan Edwards, showed that of the 1,394 known descendants of Jonathan Edwards, 100 of them became preachers and missionaries. 100 lawyers, 80 public officials, 75 Army and Navy officers, 65 college professors, 60 physicians, 60 prominent authors, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, three United States senators, and one vice president of the United States. What a legacy. This was a man that was faithful to the Lord in being obedient and set a precedent for his family. I want you to know that we often think that our culture is so evil. And there is a lot of evil in this world. But I want you to know that godly grandparents can turn America around. Somebody say amen to that. I want to share this morning from our scripture from Genesis chapter 25 as I already read it. But I read it again. Abraham gave all that he had. You see my three points here in this, in this message this morning? Just from this scripture. Abraham gave all that he had. Down later it talks about his concubines and that he sent them all away. And then it talks about how Abraham, an old man, passed away but was satisfied with life. Well, Psalms 105 verse 8 says that he has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded again to a thousand generations. A generation is considered between 38 and 40 years old. A generation span. And if you think of a thousand generations and God keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations, that's 38,000 generations 
That's a long time, isn't it? But God's word is true. I want to share this morning three things from this text on how to give our children and grandchildren and pass that blessing down to the next generation. We're all familiar with the stories of Abraham, who in the scripture the Apostle Paul considers the father of our faith. Abraham, the father of our faith. He was called to leave his family to depart to a country to which he'd never been before. But in doing so, God promised to bless him. He received a message from God telling him that he would become a great nation when he had no children. We know the story of Hagar, how Abraham tried to, uh, uh, to do the Lord's work. And he had a child from his wife's servant named Hagar. But then God was true to his word and Isaac came along at the age of 100 years old for Abraham. Now some of you, there's still potential in you men, 100 years old, you can still do it. Except some of them we don't want to still do it, like Dale. <laughs> Abraham offered his son as a sacrifice showing his son what faith was like. Do you know church, children today are, twi are likely, are twice likely to be disappointed with life? They are two, more two times more to steal, to be a thief. They are two more times to very easily hurt someone else. They are three more times today than in our generation to be on drugs. Listen to this. They are six times more to commit suicide today than when we were growing up. Well, we find the next generation, our generation of our youth today are bombarded with fantasies. I don't know where we get these ideas about fantasies are great. Now, I believe everybody should dream. But that we get enamored with these fantasies that are presented to us that we can be something that we're not. The only fantasy I want to know is that I am a child of God and I want my children to be children of God. That's the fantasy that I have. And spend eternity with me. And that's not a fantasy, that's the truth. But there's a lot of fantasies. It's on television. It's on the radio. It's in our classrooms. It's everywhere we go. We have these fantasies and our little children are said to live those out. Something that is not real. Now I have no problem with the, some of the stories. But I have a problem that when we create, present them with those fantasies that we never tell them about Jesus Christ and how much of the love that he has for them. Our generation has media misrepresentations. People, as Lynn shared, we didn't, we didn't have internet and we didn't have uh, Facebook and we didn't have all the other stuff. I don't know because I'm not too technologically sound. 
But we didn't have all those to worry about. We just had friends. But our culture, they are, there are people that are putting into this culture that our children or we do not even know. We've never heard of them. And the thoughts that they put into this culture's minds. There's the thought of sexuality. That folks, we can do whatever we want to. We can be a male today and we can be a female tomorrow. And sometimes we don't even know what we are. But that's been put into our children's minds and it disrupts them becoming what God has created them to be. There's money, we think that money, we want our kids to succeed and be wealthy when they grow up. But I want you to know that money is not everything. Eternal life is everything. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There's our peers, the friends that our, our youth and our children have these days. How important it is to be, to be looked over uh, by uh, a good friends that you know have good values, have good parents, that have good morals. And so, folks, we have a big challenge ahead of us. There are three things in this portion of Scripture that I challenge you with this morning. Number one is this, found in verse 6 of, the, of chapter 25 of Genesis that I showed you. Eliminate the threats. Eliminate the threats. Oh, how we have a, 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 a people, a, a wonderful church, and churches around the world today, they're great places of fellowship and great learning places. But if we don't keep the threats out of our home, in this portion of scripture, it says that Abraham had a lot of concubines. And what did he do with the concubines? He sent them away from his son, Isaac. It's important that we watch for evil that may creep into our lives. You know, the devil is a liar and he is a thief and he, he attempts to sneak in to our lives, not only our lives, but our children's lives. And, 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 and he, we allow things to come into our home that should not be there. It's been more than once and many times that I've had to shut off the TV in my house because of what was being seen on the television set. It was evil. It was not what God desired of his creation. There's some, there are some threats that we must eliminate if we're going to raise and pass our faith down to the next generation and the next generation. In a research, Barna research that was done recently, he stated this about children that were raised in Christian homes. Listen to this. He found that 63% of children raised in Christian homes don't believe Jesus is the Son of God today. 58% believe all faiths teach the truth. 51% said Jesus didn't rise from the, raised from the dead. 
65% of today that were raised in the church don't believe Satan is real. 68% don't believe in the Holy Spirit or if there is a Holy Spirit. We need to protect from bad influence because there is a lot of untruths being filtered into our children and our grandchildren today. Who will stand in the gap for them? Will it be us? The Old Testament says, I stood in the gap for a man, but I could find none. I like what Charles Barkley said. The great theologian, basketball theologian, you know. When asked how to handle his 12-year-old daughter's future boyfriends, he said, quote, I figure if I kill the first one, word will get out. You know, sometimes when that first evil comes lurking around in our homes and in our churches, in our, in our area of influence, if we can just kill the first one, the word will get out. We need some people that will stand and eliminate the threats that are in our culture today. People that will say no. Do we know how to say no? People that will say no to friends. People that will say no to evil. People that will say no to alcohol and drugs. People that will say no and not approve of a, the cursing language that comes out of our mouths today. Will you stand in the gap this morning? The second thing I see in this portion of scripture is verse 8 of chapter 25 of Genesis. It says, And Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. I see in this portion of scripture that Abraham set the example for a full and satisfying life. Ripe old age. Now, I've used that at several funerals. This man or woman lived to a ripe old age. My mother was 96 and I use that. My mother lived to a ripe old age and she was completely satisfied with life. We need to model the kind of life that we want our children to be. Following the Lord is worth the commitment of our lives. Folks, if we want to see our children in heaven, it's because we will live for God here and now and set the precedent. Do those things that God has asked us to do and commanded us to do, his statutes. We wonder, and I have counseled with many parents through the years, what has happened to their kids? And if you look back at their life, they have been very totally inconsistent they are not, uh, not uh, uh, always doing, I, I've been to people that, uh, you know, I, I am one that believe that we still say grace or thanksgiving around the table at my house. But you know, there's Christian homes that are embarrassed when they know that they have unbelievers around the table, that they will not, they will pass on the blessing and not give it. Inconsistency, folks. 
we are either gods or we're not. We either belong to him all the way or we don't belong to him at all. Abraham set the example of someone that was, a, was full of faith. He wasn't perfect, but he lived and died a satisfying life. I'd ask you this morning, is your life satisfied this morning because of your relationship with Jesus Christ? There's something in this portion of scripture that we read, we need to understand about Abraham. Abraham was the father of our faith, but he was not a perfect person. One of the things was that, that his children and grandchildren emulated the life of Abraham. And you'll see it when Abraham, when he and Sarah set on their trek to the land that God was leading them, he was a liar. Do you know Abraham was a liar? He lied about his wife being his sister to a king. But we also read into the life of Isaac. Isaac lied also to a king. Where did he learn that from? He learned it from his dad. Listen to this. Who do we celebrate is our faith? Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. Jacob was a compulsive liar. But yet they're people of our faith, meaning that God's grace is sufficient for even these that were imperfect people. And you may say today, I'm an imperfect grandparent. I'm an imperfect parent. But I want you to know there's still grace that God gives. It helps us to be overcomers of that. Abraham died having been satisfied with life. Does our children see us as being satisfied? Are we grumblers? Are we murmurers? Are we liars? Do we distort the truth? Abraham died a satisfied life because he was obedient to God's command. Well, the third thing I want to, to, show, to see this in verse 11, where they buried Abraham. And it came about that after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac lived by the place where they buried him. Here's where I feel that we need to set up precedent. And that is to show our children and grandchildren places of significant spiritual experience in our life. You know, there's places as Christians, there are places that are very important to us. You remember the time that you were born again? You remember the time that you invited Christ into your life? Does your parent, does your children or your grandparents know about that place? I don't know about you, but I went to an awful lot of camps when I was growing up. Didn't like them, but I went. I went to a lot of camp meetings. Why? Because that's a place where our friends all met and we come from different places we, 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 I was shown places where my, where my grandparents were buried because my grandparents set a real precedent for my family. I want you to know that it's important to highlight spiritual experiences to your children so that they know something happened at this place. Isaac buried his father in the promised land. Did you know that? And as a result of burying his dad there, it says that he chose to live there. 
He had heard and answered Isaac's prayer for a wife there in the promised land. It was where he met his wife. And there was a very significant part of Isaac's faith journey. There are significant experiences that we should have. I think a good place to set up precedent is in the house of God. Yeah, I know I don't hear any amens or amen. Somebody told me that this congregation was awful quiet sometimes. And I said, oh, I'm trying to change that because I believe that, if, that it's important that we confess it with our mouth. Hey, that's a truth. Amen. That's what I believe. And not owe me and bow our heads. I think it's important that the altars have become insignificant in our Christian journeys. Why don't we, when do we stop using the altars? When did we stop? I believe in the experience of baptism. And perhaps there's people in this congregation that has accepted the Lord, but have not followed the Lord in baptism. That's important. That is a spiritual highlight that I want to pass on down to my children and grandchildren. Amen. I remember the first place that I preached my first sermon in a little church in McLean, Illinois, when I was 15 years old. The whole town, when I was born in a little town, the whole town was invited. The school principal came to hear me preach my first sermon. And I want you to know, as much as it's hard to believe, that first sermon lasted at least seven minutes. <laughs> but my children know where I preached my first sermon. They know where I was married and exchanged vows with my wife. They know that I love to sing and I have a song in my heart. These are important spiritual experiences in our lives that we need to hold out to our children and grandchildren. My family know that I pray. Does your family know that you pray? And your prayers reach heaven? My family knows about my love for my family. I admire people that spend time with their children growing up. My dad didn't always spend that much time with me when I was growing up. He was a pastor. He was a, a, it was a print school principal. He, was a, he did everything. He even, repaired, he even re prepared taxes. You know, I don't know if that was godly or not. But he did it anyhow. He was always busy because he was making, making a way for his children, for their success. But he was a godly man, and I heard him every morning. 7.30 every morning before he left for school, that he'd always be in his office and I could hear him verbally praying to the Lord and he would spend 30 minutes of his day spending time with God. I want you to know I'm here because of prayers of my mom and dad. But I want to tell you something else this morning. I want to share with you. I, I, I've been writing a book. I know y'all just really excited about that. But I've been writing a book about my heritage I thought it would be good that I could share just a few lines of what I wrote. Listen to what I wrote about my grandparents because it's very fitting. My grandparents, Melvin and Flora Hornbeck, were very spiritual people. 
They believed in God and that God would provide for their family. And he did. They gave honor to God in all they did. And the result was sensitive and conscientious kids that honored and devoted their lives to Christ at an early age. Church came before anything else. And to always pray and read scripture as we would gather at the dinner table was always a treat for the family. We love going and spending time in Leroy and Vandalia, Illinois. I know you don't know where that's at, but back in Illinois, that was a big thing. It's where they spent their last days. My grandparents were not rich by any stretch, but they always seemed to have enough to go around. I could always count on a $5 bill and my birthday cards from them. That meant a lot to me. Grandma would always talk about Jesus in our conversations. They were so generous with what they did have that in their last days, one of the family would have to check the outgoing mail because at one time they were caught supporting several missionaries and churches through the mail and many times didn't have enough money to buy their own prescriptions. But they were not afraid to help a struggling missionary that they had once met. They were good Christian people that I know I will see again in heaven. They left quite a legacy with many children and grandchildren following them into the ministry. The Hornbeck family is very close. Closer now than in younger years. It's the remembrances of love and direction from Grandma and Grandpa Hornbeck that they left us as a heritage. My Grandma and Grandpa we was trying to count them up at our last Hornbeck reunion and there was about 12 ministers that came out of their family. I have cousins in the ministry. I have uncles that were in the ministry. And now I'm in the ministry too. I received a letter from my grandma Hornbeck before she died. I've kept it. And uh, Priscilla's not here, but uh, it, 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 she says she can't read my writing. She ought to try to read my grandma's. <laughs> but here, here's what she says, and she wrote several things, and then on the back of it, she says this. We are so glad that you are in the Lord's work. I thank God every day for my wonderful family and pray for all of you. God bless you good, supply your every need. And may he give you joy in his service. Love and prayers, grandma and grandpa. That was written in 1978. And as always, when she would write us, she'd always put a track in there. She always wanted, she kept telling us always that she desired all of her grandchildren to be in heaven. And she wanted to do her part in making sure they knew how to get to heaven. So that would always be the basic approach. When she communicated with you, she'd always give you a track, having the way to Jesus. I treasure her this morning. Grandparents, I don't hold them, my grandparents, up any 
higher than I do you, but I want you to know the significance that you have as a godly grandparent, as a godly parent, that we are in our world that has gone, that is going to hell in a handbasket. We are the ones that can give a detour to heaven for our children and grandchildren. As Abraham passed on to his son, to his grandson, to his great-grandchildren, and to thousands of generations, God's faithfulness, he also wants to pass it on to you and your family and to me and my family today. Do y'all believe that? I believe that. God is for us, and he desires all of our children and grandchildren to be in heaven. Did you know that? When he created us, he desired all of them to be to heaven. But there is one way, and that's Jesus Christ. Can you introduce your grandchildren and children to the way, the truth, and the life? Folks, if our, if our culture is going to change, it'll be because of people like you. May God bless you. May God use you. May God mold your children and grandchildren. That's my prayer for your lives. Father, people, I am not concerned about numbers as much as I'm concerned about commitment and loyalty to Christ because that is the way of getting people. And it starts, it started with 12 disciples. Look what the world's got of all the disciples we got today. Folks, it starts with just one by one by one. Hey, the way to see our church grow is one by one by one. Each one of us doing our part. May God bless you today. Father, thank you so much for these wonderful people, wonderful grandparents. And sometimes we feel like we fail. But Lord, like Abraham, Lord, you're there to grant us grace and you're there to grant us mercy. To pick ourselves up off of, uh, from our bootstraps, Lord, and put our head up high because we are children of the King. We belong to you and we have a message of life to pass on to the next generations. Lord, may each of us re re know and re be reminded this morning of the importance of each one of us doing our part to pass on the faith. Lord, I pray you bless the grandparents and the parents. Bless the children and the grandchildren this morning. Bless their families and all that they do. And may their lives be lived to be satisfied and to give you glory in all they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing this closing song this morning? Shady green pastures so rich and so sweet God leads his dear children along Where the waters cool flow Bays the weary one's feet God leads his dear children along Some through the 
some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the Satan opposed, God leaves his dear children alone. Through grace we unconquer defeat our foes, God leaves his dear children alone. Some through the some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Thank you for your presence to be here this morning. Thank you for the joy that you bring to me. Thank you for the joy that you bring to your families. Let me tell you this. You all are living such a, a great example by being in the house of the Lord this morning. I'll tell you what that tells a lot to your children and your grandchildren. I'm concerned about the next generation as all of us are. The people, God will encourage us and he will bless us and he will enable us to pass on that which is needed to the next generation if we ask him to. I hope that is your prayer every day that God would use you in the place that he's put you in your family. May God bless you. Have a great day. And now as we go forward here, may God's face shine on each of you. Hey, your children and grandchildren are going to see it. If it's there, may his face shine upon you. And may he give you grace, for his strength is sufficient. And may he bless you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning.